Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Jesus 911. Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Ruben and Jesse. Two man car. We are 10 8 and uh, open for calls. And uh, Jesse, uh, it's good to see you back here. And, good to be back, Ruben. And we good missed to be you. back. Hey, thanks for uh, Phil, th- thanks for doing double duty, brother. You're welcome, man. You're welcome. So, hey, I just want to just say, uh, Ruben, uh, this week is a big week. Whatever, whatever people believe is going to be is going to happen on Friday. Uh, we should be doing our part and praying all week, uh, fasting on Friday, going to mass Friday morning. Leave it up. Leave it up to God that they that uh, that uh, the consecration is done right. But uh, yeah, we should do our part as Catholics. We should be praying at, at, at nine o'clock our time. Right. We should be praying the rosary, uh, be at mass, be at an adoration chapel, be doing something at nine o'clock where you're joining your prayers along with the Pope and all the bishops in the world. Right. I understand that um, uh, Benedict, Pope Benedict is go- also going to be taking part in it. So which warms my heart, by the way. Yeah. It means that we got all our bases covered. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah I, know, I know what you're talking about. I read you loud and clear, Ruben. All right. Yeah. Hey, let's jump right into it. The New York Times has finally admitted that the Hunter Biden laptop story is real. Can you believe it? They've been hiding this. He's been spiking the football. All of a sudden, the article says the New York Times ignited controversy in October 2020 after publishing an explosive story about a laptop abandoned at a Delaware computer uh, repair shop. The Post reported the laptop belonged to Hunter Biden instead of the then-Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden and explained the FBI had seized it in December 2019. Emails recovered from that laptop, which were shared with allies of the then-President Donald Trump, suggested corrupt activity involving the Bidens and Burisma Holdings a large natural gas company in Ukraine. When the story broke just weeks before the 2020 presidential election, the media immediately ran interference for Biden, working overtime to cast doubt on the story. Twitter and Facebook even actively suppressed the story on their platforms' decisions that essentially amounted to censorship. 100%. Yep. Jesse, who makes the New York Times the the authority figure on this? You know, we've got um, different federal, uh, you know, law enforcement agencies that that could be speaking out on this. Uh, and in fact, we'll get to that where they they did speak out, but they right spoke out incorrectly. But why do we have to wait to the New York Times to say, "Oh, see, it's 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 real. This is a real story." The the New York Post was was the one who first put this out, and they were just uh, and that you know that's their competitor and. And they were just blasted for it. So I just don't understand why now is, why not, uh, you know, why some other authority? What gives the New York Times the, the, now we have the truth because the New York Times said it's the truth. Exactly. Yeah. Ruben, I'll tell, the thing is, we, we already know this. The left controls most of the media. Oh, yeah. Again, uh, there's that, uh, that documentary from those two Hollywood stuntmen, outofshadows.com or outofshadows.org. You got two Hollywood stuntmen that have converted back to their Catholic faith. They got about thirty years apiece of working in Hollywood. They did about an hour and a half documentary and and showing uh, 
that there are six billionaire corporations that own 95% of the news media. Yeah. So that's what we're dealing with, Ruben. Yeah. So they uh, obviously they they met and they allowed this to come forward. So when, once uh, the left, they're done with their that person, they just cast him aside. I think kind of like what Fauci's ha- happening to him now. You know, he's he's kind of going by the wayside because he's they, they, had, they have no more use for him. Uh, he's kind of messing up their platform. And yeah. So now, so now, what happens? The Times, the so-called paper of record, published an innocuous story late Wednesday about an ongoing investigation with Hunter Biden, with admissions, albeit buried deep in the story, verifying key elements of the story the paper once dismissed, hmm. and specifically, the the Times authenticated the laptop emails, admitted that then Vice President Biden attended a meeting in 2015 that a Barisma executive was slated to attend. It just smells of corruption here, and and we got to get to the bottom of this. Um, people familiar with the investigation said prosecutors had examined emails between Biden, Hunter Biden business partner Devon Archer, and others about Barisma and other foreign business activity. Those emails were obtained by the New York Times from a cache of files that appears to have come from the laptop abandoned by Mr. Biden in a Delaware repair shop. The email and others in the cache were authenticated by people familiar with them and with the investigation. Hmm. And the Burisma meeting in, a, in another set of emails examined by prosecutors, Hunter Biden and Mr. Archer discussed inviting foreign business associates, including a Burisma executive, to a dinner on April 2015 at a Washington restaurant where Vice President Biden would stop by. It's not clear whether the Burisma executive attended the dinner, although the vice president did make an appearance, according to people familiar with the event. Not only did the New York Times refer to the Hunter Biden laptop story as unsubstantiated as recently as September 2021, a description the paper stealth edited from its online story, but according to the New York Post, the Times also promoted claims that the story was Russian disinformation. The Times now says no concrete evidence has emerged that the laptop contains Russian disinformation. So now there's 180 degree different, Ruben. The same or, uh, news network is saying 180 degrees a different story today. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the Times cast out on the April 2015 meeting by reporting, quote, a Biden campaign spokesman said Mr. Biden's official schedules did not show a meeting between the two men. Uh, again, these guys are just manipulating us. Uh, ma- manipulating society with misinformation, disinformation. Sometimes they get it right. Like right now they figure, ah, you know what? We're far enough removed and stuff. We could Biden's he's secure as, as a president. We can go ahead and report the truth now, but uh, they were spiking the football for a long time, Ruben. Mm-hmm. And uh, the New York post uh, reacted to admissions by writing an editorial. Uh, they said, quote, forgive the profanity. You have got to be, you know, uh, Essing us, <laughs> and regarding the Times uh, authentication of the emails, the uh, the Post mocked authenticated. You don't say. You mean when a newspaper actually does reporting on a topic and doesn't just try to whitewash cover for Joe Biden, it co- discovers it's actually true. And for admitting that the Biden attended the April 2015 meeting, the Post said, "Funny how this works when you don't just take someone's word for it." And describing the Times as a perfect stenographer for Biden, the Post also criticized its rival for. Not explaining how they authenticated the emails, something the Post explained. They said that the, the Times does have a hand 
waved to anonymous sources. No facts have changed since the fall of 2020. They knew the laptop was real from the start. They just didn't want to say so. The Post editorial board wrote, quote, there's never any shame with these 180s. Sorry that we wrote a fact check that turned out to be a bull. Sorry we wrote a piece claiming something wasn't a story and you were stupid for thinking so. So, you know, and, and the Post was banned. Twitter banned them for supposedly publishing the hacked materials that weren't hacked. The company CEO apologized, but that, but by that point, they had accomplished what they wanted. Editorial continued, like the Times, they cast enough doubt to avoid making their preferred candidate look bad. And that was a game changer, Jesse. Um, uh, Bill Barr, the former attorney general, he, he, ha- he, went, on, um, he went on the show with uh, who's a guy from Fox, uh, Jesse Waters, and he was saying, let, he said that uh, he, this affected the election, no doubt. And uh, he said that they, he recalled that a letter signed by more than 50 senior U.S. intelligence officials, including former director of national intelligence, James Clapper, claimed the allegations regarding a laptop purportedly owned by President Joe Biden's son has all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation that was released in October 2020. These are it's just like they, they've um, they've signed these these head of intelligence uh People up to, you know, they're walking in lockstep with the Democratic Party. And it's amazing how they've politicized uh, our government's uh, federal agencies like that. It's ridiculous. Ruben, you know, the media is in in American parlance. It's, it's known as the fourth estate, which basically means that the media, they're supposed to be representing the people's interest right. in, in relation to businesses and, and, and politics or these political elites. But, uh, you know, this this fourth estate isn't working out too well because what we see, the media has a checkered pass. We see them carrying the water for the government, not for the people. And there's been a lot of people that have spoken out against this uh, or spoken out about this. For example, I remember uh, Bernie Goldberg or Bernard Goldberg. He, he used to work for CBS for several years. He's written a couple of books, one's called Bias, a CBS insider exposes how the media distorts the news. He wrote a second book called Arrogance, Rescuing America from the Media Elite. You even have a, a Catholic, uh, Teresa Tomayo, from Ascension Press. She wrote a, 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 a book called Noise, How Our Media-Saturated Culture Dominates Lives and Dismantles Families. We're on to them, Ruben. Yeah. We know what they're doing. We know that the media... In fact, even in Wikipedia, I was looking up last night, Wikipedia has, has an article that says five studies that call out liberal bias of the media. I mean, this is in Wikipedia. Uh, w- one Harvard study, uh, you know, the two Harvard studies I'm looking at here, says uh, while both are, are, are slanted towards liberal views, the study finds Wikipedia is more biased towards Democrats. Uh yeah, top news outlets cited are the most left-wing established left leftist outlets. The New York Times and BBC are the most cited sources around 200,000 stories. Ruben, that's why we have to f- we have to sift through the media like like you know pulling weeds in your backyard. Right. All right. Coming up, we're going to be talking about uh, the disinformation uh, that's coming out about the vaccine. Now, back to Jesus 911. 
If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, we are back. Hey, just one last, uh, just one last comment on that uh, on the the laptop. In in October of 19, 2020, then Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe, he proclaimed that the story about Hunter Biden's missing laptop is quote not part of some Russian disinformation campaign. End quote. He said, "Let me be clear: the intelligence community doesn't believe that because there's no intelligence that support that supports that, and we have shared no intelligence with Chairman Schiff." or any other member of the Congress that Hunter Biden's laptop is part of some Russian disinformation campaign. It's simply not true. He declared that at the time, and, and uh, he was adamant about that. So they came up with that on, on their own with, with no facts. They, were, they didn't fact-check themselves. So, Ruben, here's also why I think this is coming out little by little. They know Hunter Biden is guilty, and they can't, they can't, they can't stop it this any longer they figure his dad's going to be in office for about three more years, and they probably figure, you know what, his dad can give him a presidential pardon. Let's just, you know, throw him under the bus. The the other side got too much evidence uh, on Hunter Biden. This is going to come out. Just, uh, you know, just let's let's let the chips fall where they may. Let the let the other side prosecute him, and then dad'll just uh, give him a presidential pardon, and it'll be over with. I, yeah, and you know Hunter Biden just paid a uh, million dollars to the IRS to cover up back taxes. Could you imagine if you and I owed a million dollars, man? We'd be in shackles. Ruben, if, or just yeah, it, it, we'd be we'd be they'd be perp walking us if uh, if you and or imagine if one of uh, Trump's kids owed a million dollars in back taxes. Oh yeah, would he, would he be perp walking on the black and white uh, you know uh, sheriff's buses? <laughs> Okay. Yeah, Ruben, Ruben, tell the audience what perp walking is. They're probably saying, "What are these guys talking about?" A perpetrator? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah right. perp is a, a perpetrator. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was funny how we we talked to uh, guys on the street, the youngsters, and and hey, what you stop me for? Suspicion? Suspicion of what? Perpetrating? You know, well, perpetrating. <laughs> they didn't even know what that word meant. <laughs> Yep, yep. The IRS would seize everything you have. So yeah, if you had a, if you had an R next to your name, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ruben, I mean, let's just be honest. We uh, there's a two uh, a two tiered system in the U.S. Is I mean, it's 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 sad to admit it. I, I love this country. I'm a patriot. Uh-huh. But if anybody's going to say that there's not a two tiered system in the criminal justice system, then they haven't been around the criminal justice system. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, let's switch well, gears. Yeah. Just let's talk about this this uh, story that came out. Nine in ten COVID yep. deaths are in vaccinated people. Little by little, the truth keeps coming out. Yeah, just every every time you know we keep we keep finding that the leftists <laughs> keep they just keep lying and lying and lying. You know, let's just try to drag this thing out so uh, they can get control of the one world order. So that's right. Go ahead, Jess. A report released by the UK government has confirmed that. Nine out of every 10 deaths related to COVID-19 are found in those. I, w- I don't want to laugh. It's, I mean, I'm not laughing at the people that have passed away. I'm just laughing at the blatant lies that, that keep being revealed to us as the time passes by. So nine out of every 10 deaths related to COVID-19 are found in those who are fully vaccinated. Although the virus variant is the same and the UK approved only one different vaccine, AstraZeneca, 
from the United States, the data in the U.S. are different. This may be due in large part to the CDC definition used to identify who is vaccinated. Uh, here's my comment. The U.S., the, the CDC is hiding these statistics. They know about it, mm-hmm. but they're just playing games. U.S. data are also likely to become even more sparse in the coming weeks and months. In addition to the CDC hiding data, the Department of Health and Human Services quietly decided in early February to stop recording deaths attributed to COVID-19. What? Is this mic on? Ruben, you remember when Trump was president uh, on CNN and MSNBC? They had a little, like a ticker, yeah. like a, a, a clock at the right-hand side <laughs> of, of, of the screen, of your TV screen. Right. And, and it it had running counts of people that were dying up to the very second. You're like... You know, just a, like like a stopwatch, mm-hmm. recording all the people that were dying on the news networks when Trump was president. Now, Ruben, uh, we're not going to mention anybody who's dying. It's, it's irrelevant now that uh, they got their man in office. Yeah, more people have died under uh, under Biden than than they than with Trump, and this we'll talk about it in this article. It, it, yeah. So as data is essential, okay, yet. Data is the foundation of the scientific analysis. Without it, researchers are unable to analyze statistics and draw conclusions, which leaves public health experts unable to make accurate recommendations. Knowledge gives you the power to make informed decisions based on evidence. And then so six months into the pandemic, a report revealed that most Americans had significant misconceptions of COVID-19 risk. Months later, a secondary survey demonstrated that not much had changed. While analysts blamed ignorance of fundamental undisputed facts on who is at risk. So the so-called misconceptions, others said the politicization, politicization of the pandemic was also at fault. But there were other factors at play that skewed the data scientists thought they had. So according to a whistleblower who worked on at Pfizer phase three COVID injection clinical trials, data were falsified. Patients were unblinded. The company hired poorly trained people to administer the injections and follow up on reported side effects. Wow. Lagged way behind. Her testimony was published in November 2nd, 2021 in the British Medical Journal by investigative journalist Paul Thacker. This is yet another indication that the true number of adverse events and deaths from the shots currently identified as COVID vaccines may never be known. Did you catch that? may never be known. They're hiding the data from us. The only logical conclusion to draw is that the data doesn't support the warp speed production and mass vaccination program initiated in early 2020. In fact, the shot program not only is ineffective, but also has likely damaged and killed far more people than any health agency will ever publicly admit. It is essential to share this information to help prevent more deaths and damage lives. Mm. UK report, uh, a UK government report said that 90% of deaths are in the fully vaccinated. So the UK, Ruben, uh, they're putting out the facts. Uh, you know, uh, they're not uh, they're not spiking uh, spiking the evidence. It says a reporter from the expose points out that while the world has been distracted by Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the UK government quietly released a report that confirmed nine in every 10 deaths from COVID-19 in England were in people who were fully vaccinated. Wow. Go ahead. Ruben. Wow. 
February 2022 report was from the UK Health Security Agency, which publishes weekly surveillance. The report contains several tables of raw data showing that the vast majority of people who were infected, hospitalized, or died from COVID-19 were fully vaccinated. The expose demonstrated step-by-step how the data gathered from the January 24, 2022 through February 28, 2022 supported this assertion. In the UK, health authorities differentiate between those who have never received a shot and those who received one, two or three doses. All told, there were 1,086,434 cases of COVID in vaccinated individuals that accounted for 73% of all cases during that period. So when children were removed from the equation, vaccinated individuals accounted for 91% of all cases. And the reporter also compared data taken in 2021 when Delta was the dominant variant against the current report when Omicron is the dominant variant in England. It showed a higher number of children hospitalized for Omicron than Delta. And since children have never been at high risk for severe disease from COVID variant, it begs the question if the current number of children hospitalized with COVID-19 may be due to increased PCR testing known to have a high false positive rate and children hospitalized for other reasons such as broken leg or appendicitis. Ruben, I'm going to jump right to where it talks about vaccinated deaths rising in California since this affects my family and you and all my friends out there. Mm-hmm. Headlines in the March 7, 2022 Mercury, re- Mercury News read, COVID-19 deaths in California among vaccinated rose sharply with Omicron. Close quote. The corresponding story added that 10 deaths recorded in Santa Cruz County, California, and nine of those were vaccinated. On the surface, this is similar to findings reported from the UK, yet the raw numbers in the U.S. are different. Right. This is likely because U.S. data do not differentiate between individuals who had one, two, or three shots. In fact, the U.S. CDC clearly states that you can only be considered fully vaccinated two weeks after receiving the final dose in the primary two-shot series from Pfizer and Moderna or the one-shot from Johnson & Johnson. Therefore, as the UK analyzes data that identify individuals on the spectrum of having received one or two or three shots, the U.S. only counts vaccination if you're two weeks after your last dose. Uh, since not all patients who are fully vaccinated are ad- identified on admission, Analyzing the U.S. numbers is difficult, if not impossible. You must ask yourself if this is intentional. And I would say, of course, yes, this is, is intentional. Yeah. Of course, they're making it almost impossible to track down how many people are dying that are jabbed because they know that the vast majority of people that are dying are the ones that are getting jabbed. They're not going to put out this information here in this country, Ruben. Right. Hey, Jesse, a friend of uh, my wife's, her, 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 uh, her dad was vaccinated. And he died after the the first shot, and so he they they're saying that oh they're not he's part of this saying it's not uh, because he didn't have the second shot that it was had nothing to do with the vaccine, and that's just crazy. They're, and you're you're I'm, I'm you know I'm hearing stories like that all the time, and they're not attributing it to it's not they're not being re, it's not being reported in the VAERS system, and so it's there's you know the statistics are just so flawed. Because they don't want to tell the truth, and uh, and you, so when you see these things, you, you know people like ourselves, we're saying, see, we knew there was something going on. There was some. Uh, so, so there's a reason why they keep pushing it and incentivizing people to get the vaccine. You know, there, there's there's 
so many things that, that are going wrong. And uh, when, we, when we see now uh, a country that's coming out in it with the truth, uh, it just it you know blows people's minds. And some people are so they're so uh, it's already been controlled, so they're, they're not getting their the right information. I still see people with over here with masks on. I'm like, Dude, come on, whoa, really? <laughs> Uh, young people too, Jesse. <laughs> I just, I kind of want to say something to them. I, you know, like they used to try to shame us. I, I want to kind of, kind of shame them. Come on, man. <laughs> hey, hey uh, Governor DeSantis, he shamed a couple of college kids. Did you see that? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, that was good. He walked in there and, and he just, you know, what are you, what are you guys doing? Take them off. It doesn't work. I mean, this is the governor of, of a state and stuff. That was pretty cool. And and about half of them take the mask off as soon as he said that. But yeah, I heard you. I mean, I just went to the mask this morning, Ruben. Saw half a dozen people there with masks on. I want to say something. It's just hard not to. But again, I just you know bite my lip and just take uh, take the higher yeah take the take the moral high ground. Right. All right, Jess. What's coming? Well, up? we'll well we'll continue on this. We got a little bit more on this topic uh, on the on the on the vaccine deaths. We'll do one more segment. Then we're going to go on to. Uh, our final topic. Okay. Yep. We'll be right back. Jesus 911. Don't change that dial. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. We are staying ready, Jesse. And we were talking about this uh, nine and 10 COVID deaths are vaccinated people. Ruben, you know, one thing about the left, they're, they're, they're fascinated with death. Think about this. The left gave us abortion. They're fascinated with the killing of unborn babies. The left gave us euthanasia. They're fascinated with whacking people that uh, they consider uh, feeble and they're not productive in giving to society. They've given us homosexual marriage, which is the death of marriage because there's no uh, there's no offspring. They've given us uh, the jab, which, again, I think they're thinking, man, we didn't kill enough people. Not enough people died. So now uh, we need a war. They are fascinated with death. And and because once again, because uh, that's exactly the characteristics of the of Satan, the devil, the devil says, I come to steal lie and to destroy that's what the left does ruben in america they're here to steal from us lie to us and destroy us you know i have to think jesse that uh that's just my own opinion that uh the u.s and biden in particular is not doing enough to to help the ukrainian people because you know what all, all the evidence is going to be gone from you know uh with the, the the groups that uh, Hunter Biden was uh, involved with, what Joe Biden was involved with, and, you know, dead men can't don't speak, right? What yes, the mafia say, yes. dead men don't right. talk. So, you know, when he didn't allow the planes to to be given from uh, Poland to to the Ukrainian uh, people uh, army, it just you think, man, what is he? Why doesn't he want to help them? You know, uh, get this this. this protect their country but there's there's deeper reasons that that war is going on so ukraine's not so innocent i i feel bad for the innocent people that are yeah exactly yeah but but that country has a history of corruption yeah the country itself with the leaders i'm not talking about the rank and file you know lunch pail people that are working nine to five 
I, I, you know, I pray for the, the, the soul of all the Russians and Ukrainians, all these innocent people that have died as a result of this. But Ruben, let's go back uh, to this. Uh, it just got a whole bunch of evidence here. Uh, I, I want to go to the section where it says, um, towards the bottom, it says, unprecedented U.S. death toll keeps rising. It's, uh, it's towards the bottom. Unprecedented uh, U.S. death toll keeps rising. While the data from Skidmore and the U.K. reflect the death rate from COVID-19, it is in, also important to track the number of all-cause mortality as it's one of the most reliable data points we have. This statistic is clear-cut. Either a person is dead or they're not. It does not rely on the reason for death. In early 2022, Mutual Insurance Holding Company, One America, announced an increase in the death rate of working Americans, age 18 to 64. In the third quarter of 2021, their data showed it was 40% higher than pre-pandemic levels. So do you catch that? An insurance company, you know, these guys are into dollars and cents, that uh, the death rate in the U.S. has gone up 40%, Ruben. Wow. Other insurance companies have also cited higher mortality rates, obviously here in the U.S., including Hartford Insurance Group that announced mortality increased 32% from 2019 and 20% from 2020 before the shots. Lincoln National reported death claims have increased 13.7% year over year and 54% in quarter four of 2021 compared with 2019. Now, these are accurate studies because this is what insurance companies do. They're, they're, they're number crunchers. And so, because again, they're trying to hold onto as much money as they can. They don't like to, they don't like to pay out. Right. So they track this meticulously. Here's one more. Funeral homes are also posting an increase in burials and cremations in 2021 over 2020. One large German health insurance company reported their their company data were nearly 14 times greater than the number of deaths reported by the German government. Wow. (laughs) This, This data were gathered directly from doctors applying for payment from a sample of 10.9 million people. Ruben, this jab has killed millions of people around the world and they're trying to sweep this under the carpet mm-hmm. yep and they're going to have their day in court jesse in the, in god's court you know they're, they're going to have to answer for the these things and it's not going to be pretty you know um it goes on to say that the rising death toll can be linked to the COVID shots it is an inconvenient truth for the health agencies uh, that have promoted mass vaccinations with the genetic therapy experiment in what appears to be a response to this data. Health and Human Services, that's HHS, have decided to stop the reporting requirements for hospitals and acute care facilities on COVID-19 deaths. <laughs> Jeez. So although the information is published on the HHS website, fact checkers have claimed the viral social media posts are false by simply changing the headline. So while the the HHS publicly announced they would no longer require hospitals to report deaths from COVID-19, fact checkers erroneously report the U.S. government is not ending daily COVID death reporting. So if it helps to sort all this out, an unnamed federal health official actually acknowledged the move to stop reporting COVID-19 hospital deaths when they spoke with a reporter from WSWS calling the move incomprehensible. 
the official added, it is, it is the only consistent, reliable, and action, actionable data set at the federal level. 99% of the hospitals report 100% of the data every day. So I don't know any scientists who want to have less data. CDC withholds data fearing hesitancy and misinterpretation. When data from multiple sources all reveal the same trends and values, it's easy to see how the CDC would be unwilling to acknowledge the information or want to release their data for fear would have a negative impact on the mass vaccination campaign. That's exactly what it is. February 20, 2022, the New York Times reported the CDC still had not published large parts of the data they collected during the pandemic. While they have published data on the effectiveness of boosters in some individuals, data from people 18 to 49s were left out. Interestingly, this is also the group who are the least likely to benefit from the shot since they have some of the lowest rates of severe disease and death as reported by the CDC. In comments to the New York Times, a CDC spokesperson attempted to justify why the organization had withheld large portions of data since the beginning of the pandemic. She said the data were, quote, not yet ready for prime time. (laughs) Wow. That that the information may be misinterpreted to mean the vaccines are ineffective. Yeah. That's exactly what they were. They were ineffective and they're basically a death, a slow death jab is what they are. Uh, that the data that they have is based on 10% of the U.S. population, which the Times pointed out is the sample size used to track influenza each year. Ruben, these people have been lying to us, and they have one. They had one goal in mind, uh, and, and I mean they accomplished in, in large part uh, a big portion of their goal. They wanted to kill as many people as possible. As we're looking here at the, at the numbers here for the insurance companies, they accomplished that. I'm sure you know a bunch of people. I know a bunch of people that are no longer here with us because of the jab, Ruben, and because of of the propaganda over and over again, television, radio, billboards on the freeways. You got to get this. You got to get this inside the airport. You got to get this. And a lot of people just caved in and they're not here, Ruben. They're not amongst the living anymore because once again, they bought into the propaganda. You know, and they threatened them that you're not going to be able to travel. You won't be able to have your job, all these things. And yeah, people had to make a choice. Well, do I, how do I earn a livelihood? And so that they, they're taking the jab and, and there've been some, uh, some consequences to, to some of these people. And, uh, fortunately, I mean, there's, I know people, a lot of people that, that have had the jab and nothing's happened to them. Praise God. Yeah. But, um, everybody's different, you know, and, and some people have different, uh, or conditions that, that don't take well to this, to what, yes. whatever's in there. So, I, you know, Jesse, you and I, we, we, we're not taking it for the fact, the mere fact, not only because we don't trust the government, but we don't want to have to do, be involved with anything that has to do with the abortion industry. And that's it. That's my, that's argument number one. It's a moral, it's a moral decision on our part. Now, I don't begrudge anybody who, who has, has taken it. That's their own uh, choice that they have to make. And, and it should be your choice. What goes into my body is my choice. No one can tell me. Yeah. You know, um, what should should be in there and what shouldn't be in there. Um, you know, my, even my doctor, he, he could recommend things. Hey, I think you should take this or, or that. But ultimately, it's up to me if if I want to if I want to take something for my health and and to, you know, to better myself. But anyway, we that's we, right. Yep. Let's move on here. So 
Um, without the data, the raw data from the United States, scientists have relied on Israeli data. One study gathered information from 4.6 million people ages 16 and older who had received two doses of the Pfizer vaccine. They compared severe illness and death between those who had the booster and those who did not. The data showed the group from 16 to 29 years had zero deaths, whether they were boosted or not. And likewise, the group from 30 to 39 had one death, whether they were boosted or not. In fact, the difference in death rate did not rise until the participants were 60 to 69 years, at which point the non-boosted group had 44 deaths and the boosted group had 32 deaths. In an opinion piece, Staten Island advanced Tom Robleski characterizes the CDC's decision writing about what has happened to most people who have been willing to publish data and opinions that go against a national or international health agency's narrative. Quote, we're told to have faith in the CDC, in Anthony Fauci, in all the experts who are trained and handle public <laughs> health crisis. But we can't have trust if vital information is withheld from us because then it becomes a case of shut up or do what we say. We're the experts. You don't need to know how we come to our decisions. We know who's, what's best. And quote, and if, you ha- and if you question the received wisdom, you're suddenly a dangerous person. You're likened to a terrorist. You're told you want people to die. You get banned from social media. If you dare protest, you can have your bank account frozen and your vehicle insurance suspended, as we saw during the Freedom Convoy protests in Canada. You can get trampled by the police on horseback. Uh, Withholding information only makes people more skeptical. It it breeds suspicion or mere doubt. The CDC needs to do better if it wants our trust. I think it's lost our trust, Jess. I don't know that they can get get it back. They're not going to regain it, Ruben, not in this lifetime. No. Up next, we're going to be talking about uh, people that are transgender that regret their operations. Yep, people regret it. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888. 888- Five two six two one five one. Jesus nine one one two man car. We want to talk now about people that uh, have a problem with their transgender uh, conversion. People are uh, having buyer's regrets. This story was run by the Daily Wire, and the story says that people who formerly began gender transition. Procedures flooded social media with their detransition stories on Detrans Awareness Day, sharing stories of depression, anxiety, and fear. Ruben, this didn't get a lot of traction in the mainstream media. You have to go to the alternative media to hear this. You have a flood of social media testimonies of people saying, This was the darkest time in my life. Of course, uh, these stories are, are being ignored by the mainstream media. Of course, they are. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Jesse, there's there's also a high rate of suicide amongst these people who have the the gender dysphoria, and they don't talk about that either. Um, so, people who formerly began gender transition procedures flooded social media with their transition stories in the D-Trans Awareness Day, sharing stories of depression, anxiety, and fear. The testimonies come amidst a national controversy over whether children should be able to obtain such procedures. In Texas, Republican Governor Greg Abbott, bless his heart, you know, has drawn fire for calling a transgender treatments for, for children child abuse, and and it is. 
And pe- Spoken clearly. Yeah. Like- pe- people who formerly began gender transition procedures flooded social media with their transition stories. And anyway, the testimonies, um, they come. Okay, I, I think I already covered that. Um, the hormonal therapy takes precedence over exploratory therapy that might help dysphoric people understand why they want to be opposite sex. Op- the opposite sex, she added. And uh, there's one um, one gal who she's her name is Allie. She says she says I'm I'm Allie. She, in tw- on Twitter she she stated that I started taking testosterone at 18 because I was tired of not f- not fitting in with the other girls. So I thought I'd I'd make a better man instead. An autism diagnosis later, and it all it m- makes sense now. She so she she gets this uh, diagnosis that she's got you know a mental uh, disease or autism and. and so she grew up as a tomboy. She didn't fit in. I tweeted Michelle. I was keenly aware of this by the time I was seven. I was too loud, too bossy, too impulsive, too emotional. The mm. girls I made friends with felt conditional, like they would leave me the moment I did something wrong, and they did. Mm. So yeah, uh, the article also says for years I struggled with this. This is Michelle, a, a biological woman. She's talking to the Daily Wire. She's talking about her transitioning to uh, to a man, and she shares about this uh, before she began the detransition. So she says, Michelle says, for years I struggled with this. I might have been set in my ways, but I certainly wasn't mean. I had no idea why it felt like so many people just immediately didn't like me. My parents enrolled me in social skills group therapy when I was 10. Michelle says she be- she began to discover activist gender conversations on the internet, how her mental health was suffering, and how she became suicidal. This is Ruben. This is where they all end up. All of them have suicidal ideation. Yeah. She says I was vulnerable, desperate, and young. Tweeted Michelle. On top of that, I had people online telling me, "If you think you're trans, you are." Jeez. And cis people don't think about gender this much. I heard the only I heard the only one percent regret it statistic, and I thought I'd be fine. That would never be me. She continued, "What reasons did I have not to trust them? Why would so many people tell me things that weren't true? Why would my doctors go along with it if I weren't really a man? Why would therapists risk my mental health?" If they weren't sure whether I would benefit from the transition, <laughs> Ruben, here, here's what's sad: is we have the whole medical community that's been politicized, and and they're part of this. I mean, you got a young, impressionable mind who looks at a doctor, forty, fifty years old, you know, sixty, got mm-hmm. a PhD, and they start affirming all your your intrinsic disorders, all your mortal sins, all your all your disordered uh, appetites, and all your disordered thoughts. And this is being affirmed by the medical community, by doctors, by therapists. In other words, it's, it reminds me of that story, the king has no clothes. The king's walking down naked down the street. But they told him that, hey, oh, that's be- the, those clothes that we made for you, they are beautiful. They're priceless. Oh, you look so royal and regal. And then it was just a little kid in the audience said, mommy, the king has no clothes. Everybody's lying to the king. Oh, look at the beautiful robe you have. Look at the beautiful crown and and the beautiful, you know, sash you have. And he was naked. Mm. 
This is what's happening with these doctors. They're afraid to tell the truth, Ruben. Medicine has been politicized and weaponized against us. When you're telling that story, Jesse, I'm I'm thinking about Joe Biden. The people around him are, oh, you're doing a great job. And he he sits and believes it all. You know, this is who's running our country. And so they, yeah, you're right. They politicize this stuff. And it's it's sad, you know, that uh, we never heard about this, Jesse, when we were growing up. Did I, I had n- never met one person growing up that had uh, that I knew about that would had gender ideology, <laughs> gender <Yeah>. dysphoria, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know, <laughs> gender dysphoria. That's what I meant. Um, so she, she says this this uh, goes this goes on to say that uh, I call for safeguarding measures to be put in place for those considering medical transition and in. Invasive treatment causing permanent changes should be the last resort for a psychiatric condition. That shouldn't be a controversial statement. And uh, then there's another, uh, that was from Michelle. And then there's another detransitioner, Helena Kirshner. And she shared that when she was a 15-year-old, lonely and, and hated her body, she got sucked into gender ideology online. My school encouraged me, and I was easily prescribed a high dose of testosterone at 18, and it was very damaging. She continued, adding that the hashtag D-Trans Awareness Day alongside the two photos showed her at 19 after attempting to transition to a man and at her at 23. You know what, Jess? Maybe she can kick down the testosterone to us. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we could use it, man. We, as we get older, we, we That's stop right. producing that- it. That's right. Hey, yeah. kick it down. Kick, send it down yeah. my way. Yeah, don't throw it out. Kick it down. Yeah. <laughs> this is not rare, Kirshner added. Why are we doing this? Why are we t- talking about detransition? Detransitioner Twitter user Watson asked, because it's important, Watson continued, because it's happening. The stories will not be a- easy to accept. Medical scandals are never are, but that doesn't mean they should be ignored. Quite the contrary, actually. And Watson cited a 2021 study by Dr. Lisa Littman, Physician scientists whose research is focused on gender dysphoria, showing that out of 100 detransitioners who participated in the study, 60% detransitioned after they became more comfortable identifying as their biological sex. The peer-reviewed study also found that 49% of the group detransitioned over concerns about potential medical complications from transitioning, and 38% detransitioned after coming to the view that their gender dysphoria was caused by something specific such as trauma, abuse, or a mental health condition. And the majority, 55%, felt that they did not receive an adequate evaluation from a doctor or mental health professional before starting transition, and only 24% of respondents informed their clinicians that they had detransitioned, the study abstract says. Ruben, let me come at this from a, from a total Catholic perspective here. Let's go. Okay? Mm-hmm. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 16, 19 to 20, it says that, do, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. Mm-hmm. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Here are the facts. Only God determines gender. God alone, period. Right. Okay. So what determines somebody's gender? It's not your emotions. It's not how you feel Monday morning or Tuesday morning. You know, is it genitalia? No. Is it hormones? No. Genitalia and hormones do not determine gender. They're the result of gender determination. So what determines gender? 
chromosomes. Female XX, male XY. Genitalia and hormones are just the result of gender determination that has been determined by God. So, when do they come into play? Chromosomes. At, at people say at birth? No. At conception. And that's why you'll find people even have, you know, sometimes they'll have, a, a, you know, there are some exceptions where some people have more than two, two, uh, two sex chromo, uh, chromosomes, an XXY. That's very rare. But the argument that I was born this way or God made me this way, for Catholics, uh, this, this, is a, this is an argument that does not comport with Catholic teaching. Right. Because gender, it's not a defect. It, 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 it doesn't, you're not harmed by being a male or a female. There's only two genders recognized in the Bible, Adam and Eve, male and female. And when God made Adam and Eve, he actually said right after that, and it is very good. So if somebody says, I don't like, it's not good the way it came out. Well, I want to alter my, my, my chemistry. I want to mutilate my body with surgery. Uh, again, this is why there's so much, so much depression and so much suicide amongst this class of people. This is why there's so many people in the transgender community that have emotional, psychological, and, and spiritual trauma as a result of going through this, these surgeries and later realizing, oops, I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesse, God doesn't make junk. You know, he's made us for for his children and uh, he wants us to become saints and get to heaven. And and, uh, so this is all a mental. This is all mental. This. Yes. Yes. This is nothing to do with the physical part of it. And, you know, when when they, uh, you know, they dig up these bodies, uh, you know, someone who goes through a transition, you know, and uh, they dig up the bodies and say, "Oh, this was a male. This was a female." You know, they're, they're, you you can't change. You can't. A girl can't become a boy, and a boy can't become a girl. And and the, the schools are shoving this down the throats of kids, and and kind of encouraging him to. Well, if you feel this way, let you know. We should you identify that like this. Let's let's start looking into hormone therapy. And they're trying to take this out of the hands of the parents. That's and, right. Yeah, it's it's criminal. Uh, God help us, Our Lady of Fatima. Pray for us. That's right. Yep, Virgin Most Powerful. Pray for us, Saint Joseph. Cherubim is pray for us. Well, Ruben, that's a wrap. That's it. We, yep, we are EOW. End of watch. We are ten seven. We're out. Up next, Gary Machuda, the big guy from the Midwest Command Center. Hands on apologetics, high level apologetics. As for uh, Ruben and myself, we are out. Yep, EOW.